Welcome to We're Listening to Podcast, a community where all voices are heard. I'm your host, Rob Cook. Join me for a lighthearted show about the human experience with live conversations, discussions, and interviews of some of the newest to the most established 3P practitioners from all over the world. So no matter if you've known the three principles for years or you're new to Daily Insights, we hope each episode will inspire you to demonstrate a community where all voices are heard. Welcome to today's episode. Matt Roberts is a trained artist and ex-international high jumper. Many would say his career started slowly because at 19, his personal best was only a mere 1.95 meters. But he recognized his need to exploit every potential margin of gain. And over his 15-year career, he had a career best of 2.26 meters, which coincidentally was just three centimeters short of an Olympic silver two years later. But it also made him top 20 UK all time for this performance. However, in the year following his personal best, Matt ruptured a disc in his neck, leading to a surgery and his replacement. This injury would have ended most careers, but not Matt. He eventually came back to clear at 2.25 meters before retirement. His persistence and resilience were realized through the discovery of the three principles. It was during a conversation he had with Denise Holland at a Pranskis Pro Training that gave him an insight that changed his life. Matt now shares this understanding with athletes and business people to help guide them to their own source of flow and peak performance. Ladies and gentlemen, once again, you're going to enjoy <laughs> a fresh face, a new voice. Um, one I am meeting very newly, but starting to fall in love with just like everybody else in this community. An amazing guy. You heard the bio, high performance athlete. We're talking about at the at the Olympic level here. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, joining me today, Mr. Matt Roberts. What's going on, Earth Sister? How are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> I'm very well. Thanks, Rob. <laughs> Just so y'all know, when when you share your Zoom, sometimes <laughs> you know you get on your Zoom and it's your wife's name and, and you're, you're running with your wife name on, on your Zoom. So no, I was just picking with Matt about that. But what's going on, man? Listen, the people have heard your amazing bio, but I, I do want to just open it up in case there's some way you would like to, you know, say that more defines or expresses who Matt really is today. Hmm. Um, the floor is yours on that, man. Um. Well, I think what I'd pick on is just what you what you said is, you know, um, you said someone you don't know, but falling in love with and it's the beauty that I see and get to experience within this community as well is yeah. people I've we've never met in person. People have spoken for such a short space of time, but that kind of that level of authenticity and connection happens. So uh, I am you. Yeah, I love you that. Well, let's jump into it then, man, because I, I want to know. I mean, I I was an athlete, you know, but not at the level in which you competed. You know, I had my, my stressful competition, but take me back to the stress around the highest point of your career as it pertains to, because we're talking about Olympic dreams here, we're yeah. talking about representing the country and what that means. Uh, talk to me a little bit about that. What was it like for Matt going through that point in uh, life? Stressful. 
painful. Probably just, uh, yeah, it's it interesting. You said, take me to the, the worst point. Oh, you know, and there's too many to choose. <laughs> <laughs> but it really was. It really, I, I, I look back at it and I think um, I suffered so much. Yeah. And punctuated by, yeah, these, these small moments of, um, of wonder. But it was really difficult, especially because yeah. it, it, it was all on me. All on me to create it, to make it happen, to perform. And it seemed that when I did well, I was happy, I was confident, that was, that was my well-being. And when I didn't, which even if I, you know, that's obviously subjective as well, doing well, you know, when I was, whether I was doing well by my standards on someone else's um often you know being a high achieving athlete we are it's the never-ending goal we're always pushing always literally in my case pushing the bar higher and higher so what was yesterday's success was today's average and yeah i think i, I think i described myself in the past as a recovering futureholic to you and, <laughs> yes i love yeah, that term yeah and, and recovering that was futureholic uh <laughs> and Tell that was, people that what was that means, because that's an amazing term. <laughs> um, because it only occurred to me maybe a year ago. I was like, I, I just had this insight. I was like, oh my god, that I saw that for probably the best part of twenty years, I had this imaginary goal, you know, in front of me. And in high jump terms, it was, well, I, I want to jump two meters. And then without me even realizing, you know, there was the high once I, you know, the euphoric high of clearing it. And then so quickly it was replaced by the next goal. And then it became 210, 215, 220, 225. And it was then, well, when I qualify for this championship, when I win this medal, and then even when I retired, it was like, well, when I buy a house and, and it, it literally just struck me. It was like how that experience of that goal, which I, it, it seemed to me that, well, this is what high achieving people do, right? They have, you know, they have these kind of ambitious goals, but I just saw like, it really didn't feel good in the moment. And, and, and yeah, so I kind of like, I, I looked at some dictionary definitions. I was like, yeah, that's it. I'm, I've diagnosed myself as a, a future holic. <laughs> but the beauty was up about it yeah yeah but the beauty i guess the beauty was for me it happened so quickly that when i saw that relationship that i was selling myself these kind of almost anxiety like low level mm -hmm. kind of anxiety that, oh yeah oh that kind of doesn't make much sense anymore not at all to ramp up the intensity level so i sure i respond well like that just doesn't make sense I'm going to respond well if I want to do this. You know, I heard someone say once, the hands will do what the heart wants. You know, as it pertains to training, as it pertains to what it is you want and, you know, go after what it is you want to achieve. And sometimes people say, oh, I want this, I want this. But the heart, the heart knows, you know, and the hands go. So stressful, suffering, tension, um, we are getting some successes because as you say, you are winning championships, you're, you're getting medals and things like that. When did things begin to take a turn 
where you you knew that was like okay wait i i need to change routes here i need to go a different direction i don't i i don't know i would love to say it was at the you know because the pinnacle of my career really you know height wise was 2010 when i jumped two minutes 26 and that really peeled back the curtain of what for me what was possible when i got out of my own way that you know we want to talk you know if we could go went down the route of flow state it's like that showed me what was on offer okay um, well then hold on I don't, i'm sorry to cut you off but frame that for me then what 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 did 2.26 mean it shaped up for the 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 so, well just the i guess the backstory i was 19 i had never jumped over my own head height um, so I had the frame, but I was really uncoordinated. I was a terrible athlete, really. So through lots of hard work and it seeming apparent that if I was going to be any good, I needed to have a good mindset from the beginning. I went on this journey and yeah, eventually had this, had this breakthrough where, um, I think it was maybe about the 10 or 20th time I jumped two meters 20 that season. And I, I had the conversation, I said to my coach, why am I trying so hard? And he said, I don't know. And it just, I was like, oh, neither do I. So I didn't. And I sailed over two meters 23 first attempt, sailed over 226 first attempt. I was so shocked, like laughing, that I, I couldn't take off at the next height, which eventually wiping wow. off the smile. You know, I literally had to wipe the smile, like dragging my cheeks down. <laughs> to wipe <laughs> like, the smile off. I know, I literally wiped the smile on my face. Funny. Right. <laughs> Because I just I just crashed through the bar because I'm like, this is a joke. This is the easiest thing I've ever done in my life. You know, and I've got years behind this of tension and effort and trying to to make it happen. And I then take off 229, land on the bed, look up, bar wobbles, 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 falls off. So that's two years later, that's what my training partner um won Olympic silver medal with. Um but that's in 2012. Unfortunately for me in 2011, being a bit self-involved, wrapped up in my own kind of crap, I didn't pay attention in a jump, got it wrong, landed on my head and ruptured a disc in my neck. Um, so I'd love to say that these you know, two very different experiences, I'd love to say that breaking my neck, having a disc replaced, got this titanium disc in my neck, I'd love to say that was the turning point, but it wasn't. It was... And, and I recovered and I came back um, uh, four years later, jumped two meters 25. Um, but for me, it was, it was just a continuous pursuit of trying to understand why that 226 experience, why did that occur when it occurred? And I attributed it to everything. You know, visualization seems to work, seems to work, and no, it's not that. NLP, um, mantras, holding my hands above my head, <laughs> so anything, huh? Literally, take the winds blowing from behind me. Oh, you know, it's it so much superstitious thinking. Yeah. Um, because I didn't know the rules of the game. Oh yeah. So it, so it turned for me like I got given a book, and in 2016 I got given a um, copy of one of Michael's books. And I didn't fully, I was still high jumping and it made a difference, but and I, but I wouldn't say, I kind of intellectually kind of got it. Yeah. But, I, but I got enough that I like, I just knew, I was like, this is it. 
Yeah, which one? Yeah. Which one of his books was it? Do you know? Um, Inside Out Revolution. Inside Out Revolution. Okay, got it. Yeah, and that that just sparked some where you you enough, like you said, where you could see something different. And and so from there, what was beginning to happen? I just I had glimpses in my performance where I kind of snapped out of my narrative, I guess. Okay. And um. And yeah, and I guess just little, it just, it was just very slow little changes, really. And I, I probably just became a slightly nicer person. Yeah, <laughs> so funny. So then was, were your relationships and friendships and everything around you changing as well, or just performance, your performance athlete experience? I would, I'd say it all probably improved somewhat, but not to the levels that I've experienced more recently. It okay. took, it, it, unfortunately, it, it took, I ended up retiring um, a year or so after discovering the principles, just old age, was becoming a dad. Um, mm. And yeah, for me, I, not long after that, when my son was born, six years old, I flew to uh, Lacona and did um, Pransky's Pro Train and, it was a, I had a conversation um, when I was there with Denise Holland, which changed, for me changed my life. Yeah. Just hit Shout me. out to Franskies and, and Denise. Yeah. <laughs> Shout out to Franskies and Denise. But I do want to say real quick, subjective, old. Yeah, that's subjective too. Because I think, <laughs> I, I, think I got you, you by at least a decade. <laughs> I think I, if not more than a decade, I at least got you by a decade. So old is subjective, you know? Yeah, no, it definitely is. It definitely uh, is. Yeah. But what do you make of this? Because I, I, I recently thought about this and I had this conversation with somebody, but I kind of heard it in what you were saying. You said at first you didn't really notice much of it, you know, or, or whatever the case may be. And because like you said, you were probably still performing or whatever. But isn't it something when you've closed the door on something fully that you know it's closed and it's good, that it does just open you up to a totally new experience? It's almost like I say sometimes people say, oh, I'm on a bridge. And I was like, yeah, I can get that. But sometimes I feel like I may have started out on a bridge, but at some point my walking, going back is not an option anymore. So I'm not technically on a bridge. I'm only going one direction now. Going back isn't an option, you know? And so I start looking at the way I'm walking now much differently versus when I looked at the walk as going back was an option. And I kind of heard that in what you said when you said the difference when you retired. You know, like you say, you fell into experiencing or seeing it in more places after retirement. Yeah, yeah, I, th I think so. And, and actually, I would say the amount I've seen it since I became, became coach, started coaching, started working with people, okay, okay. Like, that's, that's something else. So for me, it almost feels like from that moment of while seeing something intellectually, but knowing it was truth, it, you know, I, I got a level of momentum that like, it's like this train isn't stopping. Yeah. You know, this, this is, this is just going to unfold. And it's like, how much I will see in my lifetime, I don't know. But, and I start to feel like I kind of see that within people I work with. I'm like, I sometimes laugh. I'm like, I, I can't believe what people say sometimes. And I'm like, 
did you hear like because i hear that hear their wisdom it's like so it just it's so true that we have everything that we need and yeah, yeah it's i guess it, and like performance it's just well how much are we going to cover that up how much are we going to get in the way of that The Three Principles Global Community invites you to visit our website. You'll notice there's a lot of free materials to be found there, such as videos, webinars, podcasts, and blogs. No need to be overwhelmed, though, by so many choices. We encourage you to look through all the material and trust your wisdom as to what speaks to you at the time. There is no right order to go in with all of this material, but the best starting point is the one that makes sense for you. Go out to 3pgc.org and enjoy your explorations. If you're looking to find balance in your life, spiritually, mentally, and physically, look no further. Visit amrobcook.com and hear all about my new one-on-one coaching training program to get balance in your health. And now back to our episode. So then I got some funny questions now then. What's harder? Trying to make the Olympics or parenting? <laughs> <laughs> um well, I never made the Olympics, so failed at that. Um <laughs> so so that's very difficult. Um parenting, it's almost like the polar opposite though, because athletics is um extremely quantifiable whereas you know parenting you know you, you're making it up as you're going it's like yeah. I, might, I might not know whether i've caught this up until like 10 15 years time right that's a very good point very good point <laughs> you're right you're right i'll tell you in 15 years okay good deal deal 15 years you let me know so family life now looks like what you your wife one one or two babies you two. have two Okay, so talk to me about family life now. What you thought it would be as an athlete, or is it much different? You know, um, why well, ignorance is bliss, isn't it? Yeah, you know, <laughs> we know this. You can't know it. No, I, I got to the point where I knew I wasn't ready, and so I think that's about as ready as you can be. Yeah, know, right. I'm not ready for this. Um, it almost run for me, it's almost run in tandem with. Um, or very similar timeline with my coaching in the fact that it's been such a beautiful transition to take my mind off myself. And I didn't realize how much better my life was going to be when it wasn't about me. I think that was my stress of being an athlete was so self-involved, so preoccupied with how I was doing, what I was thinking, whether it was good enough to the goals and exhausting. Yeah, I was I was telling this story early today in a class, but I remember when football got got serious. You know, when I was young and played football, it was it was carefree. You know, me and my friends just out there slinging it. We making up play. We we you know just having a ball. And then when I got to high school, and I had this one coach who am I adore. He's he's still a, a big brother to me now. You know, um, 
but I remember this one game we was playing, and I don't I don't know what the tension was on his behalf or what had got him so riled up. But I remember we was losing, and he came into the locker room and he was cussing us out. I mean, like he was just going off. And he said, you know, you need to forget that bullshit about it doesn't matter whether you win or lose, it's how you play the game. He said, that's bullshit. And he said, you need to get it out your head. He said, always matter, it will forever matter. And the reason why you know that is because that's why they take score. And it was like, click, it was no longer fun. Now it meant something. Now the way I go out here and what was a fun game means everything about my future now. I'm thinking about what, you know, it just, it just made it so serious. It just made it so serious that it ultimately ended up not being something I could do. Like you said, every throw I was just in my head on. I, I'm like, I could sit down and read a defense as a quarterback and then get into other moments and just thinking like, okay, make sure you read right. Okay, well, that thought slowed me down from reading, okay? <laughs> like, which I would have done anyway. You know, I know my first reads, the slant or this or that. And it was just like, I could not get out of my head for the need of having to get it right versus just play a game. The power, the power of belief. Yeah. And it, and it doesn't matter how absurd, you know, how absurd, you know, because I mean, Jesus, I, I spent 15 years of my life training five, training five days a week to try and jump over a fiberglass ball, pole. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, it's literally, I mean, literally pointless. <laughs> I mean all of the troubles like you say all of right? the troubles the hard nights the tension and you were jumping over a fiberglass pole for me I, I think I intuitively know, like, knew the beauty of it was that there was no escape when I stood on my mark what I did was a magnification and a reflection of who I was in that moment mm-hmm so I guess in so many ways, it was never about athletics. Yeah. I like that. So I look yeah. back at it now and I'm like, oh, I'm kind of, oh, no, this is where, this is where I was meant to be. Yeah. You know, that's, that's, I, I, liked, I love that because if I think back as well, it's like that. Like I had sports and if you want to say the overall goal is to basically sync up all of the whole body to work on one accord like that's what performance would be the ability to sync all the different facets of what we believe mind spirit physical mental you know all of that together to work on one accord you know like a choir to get them all to sing the same song right when i was in sports of so my competition level i may have gotten up 25 30 percent max capacity of being able to get my whole body in the game because i couldn't get out of my head the military with protection and deployments and being in a couple situations where life was, you know, danger or death was imminent. I think I got up to maybe 55%, you know, but when I got this understanding, got into coaching, I was like, Oh my God, all that was just teaching me how to do this. <laughs> all of that was really showing me more and more ways to align myself to be able to show up the best version of myself for that moment. Like every, every football game now as a client, 
you know, and how do I prepare by listening? So my, my game film is listening. You know, as many countless hours as I was spent on watching game film, now I spend countless hours on listening. You know, my uniform. Well, because of pandemic, I get to wear pajamas. So cool me, you know. <laughs> but it's the game. It's the same game. It's trying to, to get out of my head and get in my heart. Similar to what you open with, the heart over the intellect. And, and all, the, all the signs were there. Yeah. You know, in the, on the football pitch, or for me on the high jump day of the athletics, why did I keep on, you know, essentially banging my head against a brick wall? You know, because my psychological system was, was telling me where I was getting it wrong and when I was getting it right. It's like, pay attention, pay attention. Yeah. Uh, so you got an amazing opportunity coming up here, right? That kind of just happened out of nowhere. Mm. Talk to me a little bit about that and how that has helped reinforce for you how this understanding actually works. Well, I think it's reinforced that I, I have no idea. <laughs> Even that, okay. Even I, that. Just I think because the more the more I see, the more I realize that I don't know. Yes. Yes, right. I would agree and, with that. And and actually, and I become more and more happy with not knowing. Mm -hmm. I would because, agree with that as well. Because you know, I had this the most mundane insight um, last year. I had the real pleasure of doing some mentoring work with Elsie Spittle, and I trained as an artist, and I saw how reliably my creativity worked for art things, yeah. design, and projects but not everywhere else. I thought it only worked there. And I've just come to see that where I'm going or what I'm gonna create or what opportunities are out there, what's next, the less I try to put form to that and allow my creativity <laughs> to come through, it, it blows me away. Yeah. Because, because stuff, stuff comes out of nowhere. Yeah. I, I couldn't I couldn't imagine that I would have been you know long time listener first time caller sat here a couple of months ago <laughs> I love that long time listener first time caller <laughs> waking up to people is like so much fun for me man it's 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 so um I don't know man it just it just powers me it just feels good you know but yeah, and I think it's funny what you were kind of pointing to. So yeah, this business, potential business opportunity that's come up as, you know, it only arose because I dropped my own, I questioned my own judgments about this person and acquaintance that I had who I wasn't very kind about. And <laughs> that's a nice way to put it. <laughs> yeah, I thought I'd be polite. I try not to swear, it's a family show. Um <laughs> And, you know, through just openness and conversations, I got to see them for who they were rather than who I had decided they were. Yeah. And, you know, so again, it's like, well, that shows me that I don't know a thing. That's, that story is so beautiful. So this is what I need you to do, man. This is your podium moment. All right. We're going to the podium. I just officially have put some around your neck. It's a medal <laughs> that says, 
you're now a part of community who wants to hear your voice. And then you can let people know where they can find you. And then we want to hear your voice. And then you can walk off your glory stage, man, off the podium <laughs> into the sunset, however you choose, Matt. <laughs> um, well, uh, the best place to reach me is on Instagram at Psychological Performance Coach. What I want to say, what I want to share is an insight that came to me yesterday when I was contemplating what, what I had received, what did I get from the mentoring that I did last year? Because it didn't, it didn't seem to me that I'd got anything. And then it occurred to me that I hadn't been given anything because I didn't need anything. I already had everything that I needed. I was, I am enough. And that may be an iteration of my first initial kind of insight that I had which is just a deep, a deep knowing that we are of who I am and that we are all the same. So I know I am enough as you are and everyone out there listening. Thank you for listening to today's episode. For more information about the podcast, please go to 3pgc.org. If you're looking for more information about how to become a practitioner, or you want to be featured on the show as a new, fresh voice in the principles, send us an email at info at 3pgc.org. We'd love to hear from you. Knowing there is no end or limitation, nor are there boundaries to the human mind, have the day you deserve.